Hey, welcome to New Life, everybody. Glad to have you here. If you guys would go ahead and find a seat, that would be amazing. My name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on staff. So if this is your first Sunday with us, or maybe it's your second or your third Sunday with us, uh, I just want to say thank you for coming out today. I know that you guys could visit any church. You could really attend any church. I got it. Um, but there's something, there's something very special in my heart when I watch people come through these doors because I recognize that um, you, are, you are first and foremost God's people and God's the one who's directing you and leading you. And it's just a privilege of mine uh, to be able to be a part of your spiritual journey today and to help lead and guide you. I believe that we have a, a, a great family uh, that's called New Life. It actually meets in multiple places. There are the people that are worshiping with us online right now, whether they're on vacation, they're traveling for work, or maybe they're just homesick today. And I want to say a big hello to all of you that are worshiping with us, uh, you know, maybe from your home, uh, from a hospital, um, or from a hotel. I also want to say hello to our North Platte uh, church. Those guys, uh, those guys are out there in North Platte, synced up with us live right now. I love those guys. God's doing some great stuff. Yeah, come on, give it up for North Platte. All right, good, good. They, people just couldn't keep it back for clapping for you. Uh, I also want to say hello to all of you guys that are worshiping with us down in the venue. So one church, multiple locations, all at the same time, and all of you that are here in our main auditorium for this 1045 worship service. Thank you so much for coming today. Hey, I want to I jump in with a couple of quick things. First off, Global Leadership Summit. I know that you just heard it announced in all of our locations. I want to hit it one more time. You only have a couple more days before the price goes up. Now, once the price goes up, it doesn't mean you can't, you can't sign up. But it's just one more deterrent for you not to sign up. And so I want to encourage you, get signed up over the next couple of days. Because a, a leader, anybody, that's you, by the way, um, if, you want to in, if you want to be a great leader, you have to increase your influence. And you have to sharpen your leadership skills. And so leaders, leaders don't get the option of just feeling like they have arrived. Leaders are people who continue to develop their life so that they can be a great influence for others. The Global Leadership Summit coming up in August 11th and 12th is going to be something that every single person that's hearing my voice here today could benefit from in one way or another. In fact, I was thinking about it earlier this morning. I was contemplating this thought that, you know, we, we take our kids to camp, we take our kids to school, we take our kids and then we help them get into college. Why? Because we want to help them grow. And then I thought about us as adults. When did we stop going to camp, school, and college? When did we get to this point where we said, enough was enough, I don't need to keep growing anymore? See, if you've ever been at that point or you're there now, I want to just awaken you right now and to let you know that, you know, God's got incredible potential for your life, but you and me are going to have to co, uh, you know, come alongside and say, God, I'm going to link arms with you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to jump into something like this, you know, Global Leadership Summit so you can develop me. So please, by all means, don't brush this thing off. Look at it, pray about it, see if it's something that God wants you to be a part of. Um, the next thing that I wanted to highlight was on Thursday, I was out in North Platte at Cody Park. They had one of their bounces. It was an outreach. It was incredible. There were some amazing things that took place out there. In fact, I, wanna, I want the entire New Life Church to celebrate this together because these guys had their largest outreach that they've ever had in North Platte. We've only had a church out there for a year and a half. It's awesome. They had, they had well over 300 people show up to this event. And here's the amazing thing. 
This is the very first outreach that those guys did all by themselves. They didn't need any help, really, from Carney at all. They did it all by themselves. That's, that's what discipleship is called, right? Where you transfer ownership and they do it all by themselves. That's the heartbeat of our church, is to meet people where they're at spiritually, but love them enough not to leave them there. We met a community in North Platte about a year and a half ago, started with nothing, and now God has grown it to where, you know, there's a couple of hundred people that attend there on, a, on any given Sunday, and now, they, now they're doing things on their own where it, now we are actually being better together. Because guys, I'm going to tell you, what, what's happening in North Platte is going to happen th- through New Life in other communities, North Platte's not the only church that we're planting. We've also planted the venue. That's a church within a church. And we're going to go to other communities and plant churches, God willing, as God provides the opportunities. But what I love about what just happened in North Platte is that the next church we go to plant, it's going to be Kearney and North Platte combined together, utilizing our resources to go do something greater than what we could do by ourselves. And that the greater is influencing people to follow Jesus and to be a part of God's kingdom. That's exciting. That's the kind of church we are. So if you're visiting with us, or you're new, even out in North Platte, because you just showed up at that bounce outreach, you're part of a, of a group of people that are just bound and determined not to stay the same way that we are today. We want to continue to grow and be God's people. So that means if you are in Kearney, jump in and be a part of these two bounce outreaches that are going to take place in the parks this week, this week only. See the information center out in the lobby and get yourself signed up. Well, today we're in our teaching series called Guardrails. Um, it's, a, it's a teaching series that is a life or death teaching series. Um, it's all designed with this one biblical concept in mind, that the world has guardrails that make a very broad road. That broad road, if you choose to live by it, is destructive and it leads to death. God's word creates a narrow road, and it creates its own guardrails. And if we choose to live inside of the guardrails that God's word creates for us, then God's word says it leads to life. These are not my words. In fact, Jesus is the one who said it first. He said it this way in Matthew chapter 7. He says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But... The gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few will find it. That there is this road that's narrow, but yet it leads to life. And so that's what the whole teaching series is about, about discovering how God's road creates, God's road and God's word actually creates guardrails that we need to figure out what they are and live inside of them. But a lot of people wrestle with God's word, and they look at God's word, like the Bible, and they go, well, God's word is just a lot of great suggestions. I'll pick the ones I want, and I'll leave the other ones laying there. If that's who you are, then you might be a little bit more like this cartoon, right, which is going to cause some serious damage. I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over it, the fence of God's commands, right? Wait, it's not a fence. It's a guardrail. Big difference. Big difference. See, guardrails that we're talking about, when you choose to cross those things, you're not just jumping into another field where you get to live life the way you want to, when you want to, and how you want to. No, see, God's rules, God's word becomes the guardrails that keep us 
from this broad road that Jesus was talking about that leads to destruction. And so today, that's where we're continuing in our journey. Now, we're choosing to use Matthew chapter 23 as the premise because, I mean, God's word's huge. So what are we going to land on for this particular teaching series today? Matthew chapter 23. I would encourage you, if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew uh, 23. And so... If you're using an uh, electronic device, please, by all means, download the Uversion app and use the events. We've got all, all kinds of notes that are there for you today, and uh, it's incredible, and it's all free, by the way, and you get to keep those notes with you all week long. Um, Matthew 23 is where we've landed, and I've encouraged you last week, and if you weren't here, I'm going to say it again. Uh, I, want you to, I want you to be reading Matthew chapter 23 throughout this entire teaching series and in an attitude of saturation and not just reading to accomplish. So don't just read to say, oh, okay, I, I read chapter 23, crossed off the list, I'm going to 24. What I'm suggesting to you is that throughout this entire teaching series, take Matthew chapter 23, read it for saturation, meaning read it over and over and over again And ask this one critical question. God, what is it that you're trying to say to me from this passage? And what I guarantee you that you will find is that as you read it over and over again, God will start bringing pieces out of it that you didn't see the day before, that you didn't see the week before. And as we go through this teaching series, let Matthew 23 saturate itself into your heart. Today, we're looking at verse 16 all the way through 22. So why don't we jump in and let's read some of the key passages that we're looking at today. It's a little bit long. But follow with me. Woe to you, and then he says, blind guides. So that could be warning, guys. Warning to you, you blind leaders. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. He says, you blind fools. Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by his oath. It says, you blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. Then he ends. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Jesus is using some very different language here in this passage than he did just in the verse before this, verse 15, where he was maybe using more words like hypocrite. Here he calls out and he says to them, you guys are blind leaders. You are blind guides. And you're causing others to be blind as well. He calls them blind fools. He even refers to them as blind men. Why? Because they were living wrong in the eyes of God. And, by the way, not only were they living wrong, but they were leading wrong and causing others to be wrapped up in their blindness. Jesus, in this passage, is addressing their worship. He's addressing their worship. He addresses it from a very unique perspective, and he says, look, the temple... The temple, you guys are paying more attention to the gold that's overlaid on the temple, the thing that you can see, versus why the temple was built. The temple was originally built to house the presence of God. He's going, you guys got your values all screwed up. You're you're more interested in the gold, so you make an oath based on the gold. You, You swear, I'll do this or I'll do that based on the gold of the temple. And he's going, you've missed the whole point. You put more value on what man can do. 
And what man put on a temple than the presence of God who dwells in the temple. And when you do that, when your values are more earthly-based, more than Christ-centered-based, it's going to cause destruction. That's why he uses words like blind fools. And then he goes on and he says, you know, even the altar that's out front where burnt sacrifices are offered that God commanded, you put more emphasis on the sacrifice that you brought than the altar which represented the holiness of God. And again, he says to them, your worship is screwed up. You focus more attention on the peace that you brought and you swear by that than you do the holiness of God that's provided by the sacrifice on the altar. See, when we get our worship screwed up and our worship is about earthly things and about things that are tangible that we can get our hands on and not, not the intangible but, and the eternal being God, his presence and his holiness, then we're blind and our blindness in our values being screwed up like that are going to lead to destruction because that's causing us to live on the broad road that leads to death, not the narrow road that leads to life. When the, when the altar and the temple were originally built, in the temple there was a place called the Holy of Holies. The Ark of the Covenant would have been there. That's where the presence of God was. It was originally built, the temple and the altar, originally built out of obedience, worship, and honor to God, declaring declaring among all the people that our God is greater. Our God is greater than anything. But over time, man has warped worship. Over time, man has made worship more about himself than he has about God. And things with earthly value have become more important than things with an eternal value. And this concept exists to this very day. And it permeates into our very hearts And some of it can be very, very destructive. But let me just highlight for you, from a more frivolous perspective, some things that happen more internally inside of a church than something that maybe happens outside. And these these are frivolous, but yet it's the same basic principle. That many times we put more emphasis on the songs that are being sung in worship than the heart of worship. Many times we put more emphasis on the version of the Bible that, so, that a preacher or a pastor might be using than we do on the power of God's eternal word. There are times when we put more emphasis on the style of preaching, that that style of preaching is more powerful than this style of preaching than it is on the message of God being spoken that transforms lives. And all too often, we definitely put more emphasis on behavior of Christianity than we do on the heart of following Christ. See, that's getting things screwed up. That's getting the attention on the gold that's on the, that's on the temple versus the temple, the presence of God. That's getting our attention on the outward, you know, the things that, that manifest around us that we can touch and see and feel and experience than it is on the transformation of the heart. And that's why Jesus would say to us if we would find ourselves in any of those categories, which, by the way, I don't sense that in our church But if we were, Jesus would come to us and he would say, you blind men and women, you're missing it. You've got your priorities in the wrong place. And see, that's the real danger here. The real danger about this whole passage and where we're going today is the priorities of our lives that we are blinded to, that we don't see, that we're living out, that are causing more destruction to us, the broad road, than priorities that are keeping us on the narrow road. Because our world is corrupt. And the world and the culture in which we live in is screaming to us to have a different set of priorities 
than the priorities that God wants. And if you're living by those and you don't even know it, then you literally could be heading onto the highway to hell, the broad road that leads to destruction. That's why today, as we deal with this, I believe that if I wanted to, if we want to, we can sum up this passage of scripture with dealing with this one word for the guardrails that Jesus is trying to address here. He's trying to address the priorities of our heart. That's the guardrail. Our priorities versus God's priorities. Our priorities versus God's priorities. And many times when we're on the narrow road that leads to life, we're, we're kicking against the guardrails, trying to get our way, trying to bump God's guardrails out to make our life you know, more comfortable when God the entire time is saying to us, there is a set of priorities, there is a way to live that leads to life. But Jeff Baker, if you try to live outside of that, I guarantee you it leads to destruction and death priorities. That's where we're going today. Kim and I were recently on a cruise uh, up in the southeast part of Alaska, which by the way is one of the most beautiful places on the entire planet. We just got back from there. I snapped this picture um, in Ketchikan, Alaska. I was walking along uh, the boardwalk there and I thought to myself, everybody will think that I photoshopped something, but no, that's not true. That's our cruise ship, a float plane, and a bald eagle. It doesn't get more Alaska than that right? With the mountains in the back and the cloud cover down there, but that wasn't it. Later on that day, uh, down, down the boardwalk just a little ways, uh, I found a Starbucks, so I had to make sure I get some good coffee. And then these float planes were coming in to land. That thing's up off the ground, and it's coming in, and it's landing, and I'm like, get my picture, get my picture, and we just happened to snap a perfect one, right? And then um, there's, there's more to it. I'm not going to show you all the pictures, but here's Kim and I with this beautiful glacier back there. That's, that glacier's calving. Pieces are falling, you know, into, uh, into the ocean. And he's got the cruise ship there, and it's very kind of tight up in there, and he's just spinning it in a circle so that no matter where you're at on the cruise ship, you're going to see this glacier. It's incredible. It, it blew my mind away. And, uh, and the last picture I'll leave up there for a minute. Kim and I, we hiked up on top of this mountain. You're looking down on Juneau, Alaska, and uh, it, it was just a beautiful experience. One of the days, I'm standing on the boat, I'm on deck 14, looking out. You know, there's a lot of activity happens on deck 14. I got my binoculars, and I'm up there with a lot of other people looking out. And then all of a sudden, I look down to my side, and I see two women walking toward me. Because there was a, you know, a walkway that was right behind me, and they're walking. I noticed that one of the ladies, one of the ladies has her arm in the other, the other lady's arm, and she's got, the, she's got the walking stick. And you can tell that she's blind. She's not really looking in any particular direction, but she's just feeling her way through this unknown ship that she's only been on for a short period of time, while this other woman helps her along the way so she doesn't trip or fall or you know, cause harm or damage to herself. And I have to admit that at that very moment, I was instantly humbled by all that I could see and everything that she would never see. But at the same time, I had to ask myself a question. This is the question that went, ran through my mind, church, very quickly. Is it possible that she's seen more than I'm seeing? Is it possible that she might be seeing more than I'm seeing right now? My eyes are taking taking in the scenery, but am I taking it in for granted? Am I just taking it in because I'm here, right? Does along for the experience? Is my experience really truly creating a memory that's going to last a lifetime? 
You know, am I, am I here really truly taking this in, going, God, you are incredible, you're amazing. And remember that, let it be emblazoned upon my heart how amazing, incredible you are. Or is this just another adventure that I'm going to check off on a list? I was asking myself, am I really truly seeing more than what she is seeing? You know, she, she can't see any of the earthly beauty that I'm seeing. But yet she still paid all the money and she took all the time off to be here. And I had to say, like, why? And this kind of started hitting, hitting me that could it be that her priorities for being on this vessel were totally different than anybody else's that was on that ship that day? Could it be that maybe her priorities, and I'm speculating, but her priorities were more about family and the experience she's going to have with the family than it was the views? Or maybe her priorities were you know, more about the fellowship than it was you know, the, the entertainment or the food, which if you want to run into somebody that you haven't seen for a while on a cruise ship, just go find where the food is. Maybe her priorities were more about the incredible fun memories she's making, you know, than it was about the accomplishment. I know this, our priorities, they will make us, or they will break everything in us. Our priorities will allow us to maximize situations that God puts in front of us or they'll cause us to miss things that God puts in front of us. Our priorities will either lead us down the narrow road that leads to life or down the broad road that leads to death. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, okay, so good, good point, Jeff, great question. But what are my priorities? What are my priorities? See, that's where your mind and your heart should be going right now. Your heart should also be going to a point of saying, God, are my priorities your priorities? Well, to help you understand what develops a priority, I want to I take you to a, just a simple little diagram to help you understand what really truly develops a priority, right? Which might also help you discern what your priorities really are. And what develops a priority can really, I think, simply be broken into three compartments. First off, it would be your values. Your values. Your values are things that you deem or you consider to be ultra important, right? This matters more than anything else. And wherever you find where you feel is most important, I guarantee you, if I sit down with you long enough, that is one of the values in which you're living for and you're living by. But that's just one zone. The second zone would be your comforts. Sorry. Your comfort. Your comfort is like what what really matters right now? What am I trying to achieve right now? What am I trying to gain right now? And more, maybe really important, what do I need right now? See, because whatever those things are could be driving your priorities. And they're definitely developing your priorities. And they're making you who you are right now. Your comforts, my current needs, my current wants, my current desires. But that's not, that's not it. The last one is your goals. Your goals. Your goals deal with your future achievements. Right? What you're trying to set yourself up to become. What you're trying to set yourself up to accomplish. 
These three components all work together to develop your priorities. What's most important to you? What do I need right now? And what am I trying to become? In a very simplistic, simple way, that develops your priorities. Now, these things, if, I, if you look at your life, those things are the things we want to line up with God's word. We don't want those things to be in conflict with God's word. But sometimes our priorities are very hard to narrow down. Sometimes it's difficult for us to kind of wrap our head around our priorities. And if that's the case for you, then it is possible that you're living blind. And if you're living blind to your priorities where you haven't assessed, are my values God's values? Are my current comfort desires God's comforts? Is my, is my current goals God, God-centered goals? If you haven't asked yourself that question, then I'm telling you right now, you're most likely, you're a blind guide, you're a, you're a blind fool, or you're a blind man or a woman, and the road that you're on is a wide road that's possibly leading to destruction. It's ultra important today that if you don't get anything else out of today, that you would take time before God to say, God, are my values your values? Are my current comforts, my current desires yours? Do they bring you glory? And are my current goals Goals that are going to be things that are going to build your kingdom, not my kingdom. Goals that are going to achieve what your desires are, not what my desires are. Very, very important. Because if not, then you've heard about the bull in the china shop. You will, you will be more like a bull in the china shop of God's desires. A bull in the china shop of God's desires. Just think about that for a moment. God has a desire for you. God's got a God's got a set of priorities for your life to accomplish incredible things for him, but you're more like a bull in the midst of it all. Kicking things down, knocking things over, missing opportunities, causing more harm and destruction. And if you're blind to it, you don't even recognize it. But the whole time it's eroding and eating away at you. So how do we align our priorities with God's? Right? How do we get our life more lined up with his so that if Jesus was standing here today, he wouldn't look at us and go, you blind men and women, you've got the wrong goals, you, you've, got, you've got the wrong priorities, you're focused on the wrong thing. To do that, let's start with Luke chapter 12. It says these words to us, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he, being God, will give you everything that you need. He'll take care of all of these things here if we only will seek his kingdom first. So what does it really mean then to seek his kingdom first? Very simply, it means this. To let God become the ruler. Now there's a big, that's a big issue. To let God become the ruler. To let God become the ultimate authority, the ultimate leader. Big difference, right? Okay, God, I love you, but I kind of want my guardrails to be set the way I want them to be. That's not letting him be the ruler. If he's going to be the ruler, that means he's the leader. That means he's the ultimate authority. That means he gets to establish where the guardrails are. We figure out what, where they are, and we jump on the inside of them, and we live on the narrow road that leads to life. We can't be people that go, God, I want, I'll take these things and set those as truth, but these other ones, I'm just going to kind of let them you know, live out the way they want to. No, no, because that means you're still on the broad road that leads to death. You can't say, well, God, I love you, and I think I'm kind of a good enough person so that maybe, you know, at the end of days, I'll spend eternity with you, but I'm going to live my life the way I want to now. 
It doesn't work that way. If we're going to seek first the kingdom of God, it literally means I'm humbling myself and I'm surrendering myself and I'm saying, Jesus, come be my ruler. Rule over me. Rule in me. Establish the guardrails. Establish the priorities and let me line myself up with them. So if you're struggling with really grasping like what are my real priorities another another tool that you might be able to use that might you might find helpful that will help you more readily discern maybe what your priorities are or what i'm just going to call the three t's the three t's the first one the first one would be look at your talk look at what comes out of your mouth Look at the conversation that you have verbally with others all the time, right? But also look at that conversation that you have with yourself internally. Because everybody talks to themselves. Right? Because I was was afraid maybe I was the only one. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, because I was like, whoa, man, I'm really weird. I need help. I was going to just pray right now and call this sermon quits. Um. Look at, what you, look, at, look at the language. Look at what you talk about to yourself and look at what you talk to others about. Look, evaluate that. Go back and kind of assess what, what has been the majority of my conversations over these last couple of weeks. What do I find myself, this is a good one, what do I find myself most passionate uh, talking about? Right? Because what you're most passionate talking about is going to point to some of your priorities. So you got to look at your talk. But here's another one really quick you got to look at your time. you got to look at your time. Where do you invest your time? When you're with other people, but also when you're just by yourself, right? And you got your laptop open or your computer open or your tablet open and you're, you're researching stuff and you're looking at stuff. Where's your time being invested? Because wherever your time is being invested is a good indicator of where your priorities are. Now, many of you are going, yep, I know that, because I've been wanting to invest my time into God's word all week long, and I haven't got there. That's a great indicator of understanding that it might be something that you want to do, but it's not a priority. So that means something else is the priority. See, so when you look at your time and you assess your time, it's an indicator of where your priorities are. But the last one is this one. The last T is going to be treasure. Your treasure. Treasure obviously deals with your finances. Where you find your your money going is a great indicator of where your priorities are. But here's here's a problem and even what I brought up. Many times people will go, okay, Jeff, you got it. You you got me. You know, I, I feel it. I'm sensing God speaking to me. It's time to adjust and to change some priorities. Here's what people do all the time. They go right here. And they go, well, I'm going to adjust just what I talk about, just what I'm, what I'm contemplating all the time. Or I'm going to adjust my time, or I'm going to adjust my money, and where my money goes, and what the investment of that is. And if that's your knee-jerk reaction, let me just tell you, woe to you. <laughs> woe. Don't go there. Warning, that's not where you change priorities. This is where you change priorities. It's back here. It's where you address what's most important to you. God? 
I recognize I hold on to something that is so important to me, but it's not important to you. I'm laying that down. It's repentance. God, I recognize some of the things I'm living for, my current comfort, my current desires, they don't honor you. I'm laying those things down to you, God. I'm repenting to you. God, my goals right now, my goals are not the goals that honor you. My goals are the things that make me happy. I'm laying those down. And then what you begin to see over time is your talk is different, your time investment is different, and then your treasure is different. So those things are just the symptoms. This is where you see the ultimate change taking place. This is where God's trying to get to in your heart. He's trying to get to the treasure of your heart more than he's trying to get to the treasure of your pocketbook. He's trying to get to the treasure of your heart more than he's trying to get to the treasure of your time. Because if he gets to the heart, he gets the time. He gets the talk, he gets the treasure. That's why you see a passage like this in Matthew. It says these words by Jesus, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. He goes on, he says, store your treasures in where? Heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Or may I say, wherever your treasure is, wherever, you know, this is, there your priorities of your heart will also be. The priorities of your heart. You're never going to accidentally become a godly man or woman. You have to prioritize yourself to become a godly man or woman. You don't just accidentally become a Christ follower. You prioritize your life to become a Christ follower. Right? Let me tell you another one that's going to help adjust your priorities. It's going to help your priorities line up with God's. Think think more eternally minded than tomorrow minded. I know that whenever I think more tomorrow minded, my priorities become about me. But when I think more eternity-minded, meaning this life is just like a vapor, it only lasts for a moment, but there is a life after this that matters most, that's where he was just dealing with, storing up your treasures in heaven. When I think more about that, I find my priorities becoming more like Christ's priorities in my life. So that's an adjustment of our heart. That would be something to pray about. God, help me be a man or a woman that, can, that would think more eternally minded than tomorrow minded. Right? Here's another thing, though, that you should practice. And that is let the people that matter most to you understand your priorities. Tell the people that are closest to you. Husbands, tell your wives. Fathers, tell your children. Moms, tell your children. Tell them what matters most to you. Tell them, drill into their hearts as you speak it, even out of your own mouth. Jesus matters more than anything. That's where the, that's where the teachers of the law blew it, and Jesus had to say to them, you're blind, because they forgot that God mattered more than anything. Drill it into your own heart. Speak it into the lives of those that you influence and that you lead. Let them know, Jesus, I love Jesus. More than I love my wife. And you know what? You know what I love about her? She loves God more than she loves me. That means she's wanting to honor God more than she wants to honor me. When she lives her life that way and I live my life that way, we're able to love each other better. But if our number one priority is marriage and then God, it's impossible to get those things right. Even for our children. Children, you're incredible, you're amazing, but I love God more than I love you. 
it helps you as a parent to make better choices for your kids. You don't get warped and, you know, um, uh, defeated by, you know, your, by being swayed into their thinking and swayed into their, uh, their scheming at times, if you can put it that way. Because we were all kids at once. You all were schemers. But when we put... When we put God above everything, God's more important than my occupation, God's more important than my wealth, so on and so forth. It's a healthy discussion to have around the, around the dinner table or around the coffee table or while you're sitting there on the couch watching TV, eating dinner, whatever your approach is. Turn the TV off, it's, it's going to be a little easier to have the conversation. It's a healthy thing to talk about how we want Christ to be greater than any of those things. So in wrapping up today, I remember reading a book a number of years ago, and the concept of the book was, was built around this title, Cat and Dog Theology. Now, I don't know that I agree with everything in the book. In fact, I know I don't, but it's very, it's very timely for this very moment right now to help us understand where our priorities are and how we're building those things. So think about, think about a cat with me for a moment, Okay. <clears throat> and the cat's at the house, and the owner comes home, what does the cat say to the owner? <clears throat> Excuse me. The cat says this to the owner. Man! Or meow. That's what it first says. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you, right? I've got some things I need you to take care of for me. Right? My food bowl is not full enough. My water is not fresh enough. And I hacked up a hairball in the bathroom that needs to be cleaned up. Oh, and by the way, I got this spot on my back. I've been trying to itch it all day. I can't reach it. Please itch it for me. The cat, the cat really basically says, it's all about me. Thank you, owner. I'm fin- finally, finally you're home because, you know, you exist for me. Now think about with me what the dog does when the owner comes home. Right? The dog like about breaks his back, trying to get it from wherever he's at, jump off of whatever, you know, couch or bed he's been laying on, right? Makes his way to the door, <laughs> tails wagging, <laughs> right? Oh man, I'm so glad you're home. Oh, so glad you're home. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, this is incredible. Hey, you want me to get the ball? You want to play with the ball? Hey, you want me to do this? You want me to do that? Hey, 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 I love you. I love you. You're amazing. You're amazing. Yeah, I'm going to lick your ankles. <laughs> I'll lick your face if you put it down here. The dog. The dog just goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right, over the owner, recognizing, I live to please you. I live to make your day. I live to, I live because of you. So my question to you today is this. Which one do you gravitate more toward when it, when it comes to your view of God? You gravitate even in your prayer life, think about your talk and your prayer. Do you gravitate more towards the cat that says, God, you exist for me? I would never say it to you that way, God, but in my prayers, I find that my priorities are that. I would never say it to you, God, but when I look at my time, my time is really built around what you can do for me, not what I can do for you. God, when I, when I look at my treasure, my treasure is more built around what, what you can do for me than what I can do for you. Or are you more like the dog? Or God, I recognize that I exist to please you. I exist to worship you. And I want my priorities in my life to line up with your priorities. I want to lay mine down. So the big challenge today for all of us in this place is 
Your priorities are either causing you to live on the narrow road that leads to life, or your priorities have busted through God's guardrails, and you're living out here with the guardrails of the world, and your priorities are on a destructive path that are going to lead to death. Which one are they on today? Which one do you want them on? Don't live. Don't live with blind priorities today. You are in the presence of God with the ability to ask him, God, open up my eyes and help me to see clearly. Right? Help me to see clearly, God, what you want to change in me, what you want to alter in me, what you want to adjust in me. Because, God, I want my life, I want my life to be lived to please you, to honor you. I want my life to be maximized to grow your kingdom and not my little world. So I would encourage you today, come before God in our time of worship with that attitude and with that heart. And let the Holy Spirit continue to speak to you like he probably already is. And let your life be lined up with his priorities. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, I thank you. That, Lord, you speak straight, you speak crisp, you speak words that are life-giving even to this very day. Lord, thank you for your word that acts as the ultimate guide for our life, that lays out the guardrails. And some of those things we don't like. Some of those things step on our toes. Some of them step on our values and our current comforts and our future goals. But, Lord, when we allow you to do that, when we open up our heart and we say, God, change those things in me, our life is, it's more pleasant, it's more peaceful, and it's definitely filled with a true spiritual joy that can't be purchased or gained on this earth. Lord, I pray for this church. Pray for it in North Platte, down in the venue. Pray for them wherever they are today, on vacation or on business or sick. I pray for them here in our main auditorium that we would be a church a church full of people that are willing to lay down our priorities, lay down our values, our comforts, and our goals, and basically say, God, change any of that that you want to, because I want my life to be lived in a way that brings you worship. I exist for you, God. I exist to please you. I exist for you. So Lord, show up. Show up in these in these locations today. Show up in these locations, God, and draw us closer to you. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.